Tired of the old spins? Welcome to the Anders of John Show, your refuge from mainstream media spin. Here we dissect fake news and expose the real stories. Don't just listen, engage. Sign up for our newsletter right now. Click the link in the description. Together we can change the way we consume news, challenge the narrative, and seek the truth. The Anders of John Show, because the truth matters. Now let's get into today's topic. In this episode, we first dive into Tucker Carlson's firing from Fox News and Marjorie Taylor Greene's passionate defense. Analyzing the potential impact on the conservative media landscape. Next, we uncover explosive revelations from Hunter Biden's laptop emails, exploring his ties to Anthony Blinken and the implications for the Biden administration. Finally, we investigate the recent turmoil at Fox News following Tucker Carlson's dismissal, examining the consequences for the network and its future. Big news of the week Fox fired Tucker Carlson. Um, Fox has gone left, they've gone woke. Uh, we're, we're clearly calling them out for it. Tucker is a great voice for conservatives across the country. He doesn't have the platform anymore. Will you weigh in on Fox's decision to fire probably one of the more conservative voices, most important voices in America? Absolutely. I think it was devastating to our First Amendment, Eric. I see it as a very serious problem. Our First Amendment is free speech, but it's also freedom of press. And when a gigantic media company like Fox News fires their number one, uh, Tucker Carlson, not for him doing anything wrong, uh, not because his ratings were bad, but they literally fired him because they caved to the woke mob. What we're seeing is we're seeing the end of the First Amendment. That's how I see it. I can't see it any other way. We've seen censorship out of control. We, we saw the federal government, Department of Homeland Security, aligned with big tech to censor Americans uh, for several years now on political issues because they weren't speaking the speech that was the chosen speech to say. Well, neither was Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson was pushing the limit every single night on his show, and he was telling the news stories that the American people wanted to hear. I also want to point out that many Democrats even watched Tucker Carlson's show, and he was making a true difference. But Fox News caved to the woke mob, and they are paying the price. I'm hearing from many people that have deleted their Fox News apps. I'm hearing from many people that have canceled their Fox Nation subscriptions. And this is a very poor choice for a company to fire their number one that is leading to direct results the, the same kind of results that Bud Light has experienced uh, by, by promoting Dylan Mulvaney, a biological male that prances around like a prepubescent teenage girl. But they fired Tucker Carlson, and so they're going to feel the results from Americans that are not happy about this. Yeah, you know, I spent 11 years at Fox, and, and towards the end, it started to move. It started to move towards the center. They were pushing the Carl Rose and Mitt Romney's and whatnot. Then they brought in... Um, Paul Ryan, they put him on the board. Things went even further south or left, so to speak. But take a look at this, and, and I just this kind of reminded me, uh, about a year ago, Fox was pushing a trans agenda. They started to go woke well over a year ago. Yeah, absolutely, Eric. People like me and conservative Americans, not just conservatives, Democrats and independents, completely think it's wrong for children to be so-called transitioned. We consider this uh, child abuse. I've even introduced a bill, I introduced it last Congress and I've reintroduced it this Congress, the protection on her and others like her. But see, this is a very serious issue. Fox News shouldn't be pushing the radical left's trans agenda on children. 
That's so wrong. And now they fired Tucker Carlson. Yeah, the writing is on the wall for Americans. We completely understand what we're seeing from Fox News. But I think it should concern everyone. It's we've already seen this type of information and 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 big push for for politics and CNN and MSNBC and others. We don't expect it from companies and big media companies like Fox News. Let's take a step back and think about what the First Amendment stands for. Free speech, yes, but also freedom of the press. And when a gigantic media company like Fox News fires their number one Tucker Carlson, not for doing anything wrong, not because his ratings were bad, but simply because they caved to the woke mob, we have a serious problem on our hands. This isn't just about Tucker Carlson. This is about the end of the First Amendment as we know it. We've already seen censorship spiraling out of control, with the federal government and big tech working together to silence Americans on political issues simply because they don't fit the chosen narrative. Well, neither did Tucker Carlson. Every single night, he pushed the limits and told the news stories that the American people wanted to hear. He even had a significant following among Democrats, which speaks volumes about the impact he was making. But Fox News caved, and now they're going to pay the price. I've been hearing from countless people who have deleted their Fox News apps and cancelled their Fox Nation subscriptions. This is a disastrous choice for the company and it's going to have consequences. Just look at Bud Light and their decision to promote Dylan Mulvaney, a biological male who behaves like a prepubescent teenage girl. They're facing backlash and now so is Fox News. Fox has started moving towards the center, pushing the Carl Roves and Mitt Romneys of the world. Then they brought in Paul Ryan, put him on the board, and things only got worse. But this Tucker Carlson's situation really highlights the direction they've been heading for a while now. Think back to a year ago when Fox was already pushing a trans agenda. Do you remember that? They highlighted the story of Rylan Whittington, a child who transitioned at age 5 as part of their Pride Month coverage. At the time, it may have seemed like a small shift, but look where we are now. The firing of Tucker Carlson is just the latest example of Fox News caving to the woke mob. So, where do we go from here? It's time to stand up and push back against this attack on our First Amendment rights. It's time to demand media outlets that will uphold the principles of free speech and freedom of the press. And it's time to show companies like Fox News that we, the American people, will not stand for the silencing of voices like Tucker Carlson's. In conclusion, the firing of Tucker Carlson is a devastating blow not only to conservatives but to anyone who values free speech and freedom of the press. This is a polarizing issue and it's important that we don't let the woke mob dictate the narrative. Let's stand together regardless of our political affiliations and demand better from our media outlets. Because when we lose the freedom to speak our minds and hear the truth, we lose the very essence of what it means means to be American. It's about the very core of our nation's founding principles. As we've seen with Fox News and Tucker Carlson, there is a dangerous trend of media companies and powerful institutions bending to the will of the woke mob. And this isn't limited to Fox News, we've witnessed it across various platforms and industries. If we let this continue, we risk the erosion of our fundamental rights as citizens. We risk losing the freedom to express our opinions, to engage in open and honest discourse, and to hold those in power accountable. The United States was built on the foundation of these freedoms and we cannot allow them to be stripped away. So what can we do? We must take action. We must vote with our wallets and refuse to support media companies that willingly give in to the pressures of cancel culture. We must educate ourselves, our friends and our families about the importance of free speech and we must teach future generations to value and protect it. We need to 
have the courage to stand up for our beliefs, even when it's unpopular, and speak out against censorship and the suppression of different voices. As polarizing as this issue may be, it's essential that we come together and work towards a common goal, the preservation of our First Amendment rights. We need to be willing to have difficult conversations, to challenge our own biases, and to listen to those with differing opinions. It's through this open and respectful dialogue that we can find common ground and work towards solutions that benefit us all. The firing of Tucker Carlson is a wake-up call. It's a reminder that we can't take our freedoms for granted, and we must be vigilant in our efforts to protect them. It's time to reclaim the true spirit of the First Amendment and ensure that the voices of all Americans, regardless of political affiliation, are heard and valued. As we face this challenge, let's remember that our nation has overcome great obstacles in the past. By standing together and fighting for our shared values, we can overcome the threats to our freedom of speech and freedom of the press. We have the power to create a future where the marketplace of ideas remains open and diverse, where we can engage in civil discourse without fear of retribution, and where the fundamental principles of our nation are upheld and celebrated. The time for action is now. Let's come together and stand up for our First Amendment rights, for the sake of our nation and future generations. We owe it to ourselves and to those who fought so bravely for the freedoms we enjoy today. Together, we can preserve the very essence of what it means to be American and ensure that our voices are never silenced. Next, we uncover explosive revelations from Hunter Biden's laptop emails, exploring his ties to Anthony Blinken and the implications for the Biden administration. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken's relationship with Hunter Biden running deeper than previously known. There are emails on the now infamous laptop revealing close ties between Hunter, Blinken, and his wife, dating back more than a decade ago. Former White House advisor Stephen Miller reacting to that last night. Years later, Tony Blinken apparently being the person who set in motion the chain of events where 51 intelligence operatives falsely attempted to discredit the laptop that we all know is completely real. All arrows point at Tony Blinken. This man has to be deposed. So he's in court on Monday in Arkansas, Hunter Biden. Yeah. Uh, and now we find that he and Anthony Blinken, they go back a ways. You know, it's starting to feel very Nixonian. The Hunter Biden blight is kind of mm -hmm. spreading to the top aides, to the to the president. You know, in the olden days, it was Haldeman and Ehrlichman, and now it's Blinken and Merrick Garland. And for, for example, with Blinken, as, as Stephen Miller said, he was someone who was responsible for uh, instigating the letter from the intelligence chiefs saying that the laptop was misinformation when we know it wasn't. And in the case of Merrick Garland, he was named, or he is apparently the subject of the IRS whistleblower who's trying to interfere in the DOJ probe of Hunter Biden right now. So the blight is spreading to senior administration officials. Antony Blinken's wife actually worked for Joe Biden uh, for during the Obama-Biden years. Mm -hmm. um, however, on the, on the Blinken side of things, on Antony Blinken, this is what gets to me, Kennedy. So he knows Hunter Biden, knows of Hunter Biden, finds out about the laptop and immediately says that must be Russian disinformation, calls his friends in the Intel Committee and asks them to do, well, suggests this is Russian disinformation. So they run with it. And the whole time, you have to imagine, Blinken knows Hunter Biden. So that none of this rang true seems a little bit hard to believe. No, he, he knows Hunter Biden and he knows the contents of Hunter's closet, which contains many, many skeletons. This is a surprise to no one. This should be an outrage to everyone. The, the relationship, the reason this is important, the relationship is quite cozy. It's quite intimate. Very interesting, uh, the communication that 
Blinken's wife was having with Hunter Biden. And Blinken's wife was trying desperately to get a hold of Hunter Biden at times. Blinken was very busy landing in Tokyo, taking off for Burma, uh, but still managed to find time for then-Vice President Biden's son. And, you know, who knows the type of thing they talked about. Hunter wanted... Antony Blinken's private email so they could talk about things offline, which, you know, even back then was a no-no at the time. But they were doing it. And then he ran cover because he knew what could be on that laptop. Even if he wasn't privy to its particular contents, he knew how damaging it could be. And it's very interesting that his plum assignment at the end of all this, if you get Joe Biden elected president, you will be secretary of state. So that is a, a pretty so massive the, sphere. The waters clearly run deep with this relationship. We know that. Now let's move to what's happening in Arkansas coming up on Monday. You know, it's my favorite story. Uh, yeah. on, in August of 2018, baby Doe is born. All right. This is the paternity timeline. Uh, there's a suit filed in May of 2019. Uh, in January of 2020, uh, there's a DNA test confirming Hunter is the father. Um, in 2022, I'm waiting for it, Hunter reopens a request to have his child support payments adjusted. Now, in May of last year, uh, this year rather, Hunter appears at a scheduled in-person meeting that I mentioned will happen on Monday. Um, he, look, he appears to have tried to sidestep all of this, um, but will not be able to. This is really just one of the saddest stories in the whole Hunter Biden saga. I mean, you know, for over the years, there's never been a business partner or a foreign oligarch that Hunter Biden or Joe Biden could not make time for, invite to the White House, go golfing, maybe Cafe Milano in D.C. And here we see Hunt, uh, Joe Biden's grandchild, Hunter Biden's child, and they don't want to know from her. So let's dig into this. Recent reports indicate that the connection between Hunter Biden and Anthony Blinken goes back more than a decade. Emails from the now infamous laptop reveal that Blinken and his wife have had close ties with Hunter Biden for years. And it doesn't stop there. Former White House advisor Stephen Miller has pointed out that Tony Blinken seems to be the man who set in motion the chain of events where 51 intelligence operatives falsely attempted to discredit the laptop, which we all know is completely real. Now we have to ask ourselves, what's going on here? How deep does this relationship go? And more importantly, what does it mean for the current administration? The Hunter Biden saga is spreading its blight to the top aides of the president. It's becoming harder and harder to ignore the parallels between this and the Nixon era scandals. The laptop scandal itself is just the tip of the iceberg. Anthony Blinken's wife worked for Joe Biden during the Obama-Biden years and now we're learning that Blinken had a hand in instigating the letter from intelligence chiefs claiming that the laptop was misinformation even though we now know it wasn't. It's hard to believe that Blinken didn't know about Hunter Biden and the contents of that laptop. Was he trying to protect Hunter? And if so, why? We also have to consider the intimate, cozy relationship between Blinken's wife and Hunter Biden. They exchanged emails, even though it was a no-no at the time. It seems like they had a lot to talk about. Hunter wanted Anthony Blinken's private email so they could discuss things offline. It makes you wonder what they were talking about and what they were trying to hide. Now let's talk about the fact that Blinken was rewarded with the plum assignment of Secretary of State after Joe Biden was elected president. Coincidence? Or was it payback for helping cover up the laptop scandal? It's hard not to see the connection. But it doesn't end there. We also have the ongoing saga of Hunter Biden's paternity suit in Arkansas. The timeline tells us that Hunter tried to sidestep responsibility for his child, only to be forced to admit it after a DNA test. He's paying child support, but wants to adjust the payments. It's a sad story, and it's just another part of the larger Hunter Biden saga. 
The bottom line here is that we have an administration that is becoming increasingly tainted by scandal and potential corruption. The relationship between Blinken, Hunter Biden and their families raises serious questions about the integrity of our government. The waters run deep and it's time for a thorough investigation into the truth behind these revelations. These email exchanges between Ryan and Hunter Biden bring up several questions. What was the nature of their relationship? Were they discussing matters related to Hunter's business dealings or simply maintaining a friendly connection? And most importantly, did Ryan have any knowledge of the laptop scandal? And did she play a role in orchestrating the cover-up? As I mentioned earlier, this whole situation has an Ixonian vibe to it, with an administration that seems increasingly mired in scandal and potential corruption. It's becoming harder and harder to believe that these close relationships between Blinken, Hunter Biden, and their families are purely coincidental. The American people deserve the truth, and it's our responsibility to demand answers. While we continue to dig into this story, we must keep in mind the potential consequences of these revelations. If it is proven that there was a concerted effort to cover up the truth about Hunter Biden's laptop, the credibility of the Biden administration will be severely damaged. This would not only have implications for domestic politics but could also weaken the United States standing on the global stage. It's important to note that these allegations are still under investigation and we should not jump to conclusions without all the facts. However, the mounting evidence of close ties between Blinken, Hunter Biden and their families cannot be ignored. It's time for a thorough, impartial investigation into this matter to ensure that those involved are held accountable for their actions. In the meantime, it's crucial for us as citizens to keep pushing for transparency and integrity in our government. We must not allow potential corruption to go unchecked. Our democracy depends on it. Finally, we investigate the recent turmoil at Fox News following Tucker Carlson's dismissal, examining the consequences for the network and its future. Kilme got 2.6 million in the overall. Tucker had been getting 3.2 the previous uh, Monday. Kilmeade got 294,000 in the key audience demo of 25 to 54-year-olds. The previous Monday, Tucker had 445. Tuesday, it got worse. Um, Kilmeade got 1.7 million viewers. Tucker's previous Tuesday, 3.2 million. 3.2. In the key demo on Tuesday, the 8 p.m. got 149,000 in the key demo. 149,000. Tucker, the previous week, had almost 500,000. He had 481. I mean, we're talking about, what, 330,000 loss in the key demo? That's the one they use to run advertising dollars. That's the one they care about. He, he lost. He lost in the demo to CNN and MSNBC. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen at 8 p.m. on the Fox News channel. Trust me, I was there for almost 20 years. All right, so let's unpack this situation. Tucker Carlson, as you all know, has been a staple of Fox News for years, hosting the highly rated Tucker Carlson Tonight. His departure from the network has led to a drastic drop in viewership, with some sources reporting a decrease of up to 50%. This is a huge blow to Fox News, which has long relied on the charisma and controversial takes of figures like Carlson to draw in viewers. Now, it's important to note that the ratings loss doesn't only affect Fox News, but has also led to a significant shift in the media landscape. Newsmax, a conservative news outlet that has long been seen as a rival to Fox, has actually surpassed Fox in ratings since Carlson's exit. This is a massive development, as it could signal a changing of the guard in terms of which networks people are turning to for conservative news. So why did Tucker Carlson leave? Well, there's been a lot of speculation, but no official reason has been given. It's possible that he felt stifled by Fox News, which, let's face it, has been leaning more 
more and more towards the center in recent years. Perhaps he wanted the freedom to explore ideas and opinions that he felt were being suppressed or marginalized. Whatever the reason, it's clear that his departure has had a significant impact, and it raises questions about the future of conservative media. Will other networks step up to fill the void left by Fox News, or will they too be forced to adapt to a changing political landscape? This isn't just about Fox News, folks. This is about the broader implications of a major player in the conservative news landscape losing its edge. What does this mean for conservative voices and ideas moving forward? Are we seeing a fragmentation of the conservative media, with viewers flocking to alternative sources that better align with their own beliefs? As a classical liberal, I'm all for a diverse and competitive media landscape. However, I think it's essential to ask ourselves whether these shifts are merely a symptom of an increasingly polarized society. Are we losing our ability to engage in civil discourse, to listen to opposing viewpoints, and to find common ground? Now, some of you might be thinking, well, aren't you just sensationalizing this whole thing? It's just one guy leaving a network. But folks, let me tell you, this is bigger than just one guy. This represents a potential turning point in the way we consume news and information, and it's crucial that we pay attention. We should be wary of the consequences of further polarization and echo chambers in our media landscape. The more we isolate ourselves within our own ideological bubbles, the harder it becomes to understand and empathize with those who hold different views. And when we lose the ability to engage in civil discourse and find common ground, our society becomes increasingly fragmented and divided. Now, what does this mean for the future of Fox News and conservative media in general? Well, it's tough to say. It's possible that Fox News will double down on its centrist shift, hoping to draw in a more moderate audience. On the other hand, they could try to win back their conservative base by bringing in new talent that shares the same fire and passion that Carlson had. The truth is, the media landscape is constantly evolving, and it's impossible to predict exactly how things will play out. However, what we can do is pay close attention to these shifts and try to understand the underlying forces driving them. As for the rise of Newsmax and other alternative conservative news sources, it's interesting to see the pendulum swinging back in their favor. This could signify that there is a demand for more conservative voices in the media, or perhaps it's merely a reaction to the perceived centrist shift of Fox News. Either way, it's crucial to keep an eye on these developments and their impact on the wider media landscape. But let's not lose sight of the bigger picture here. The fragmentation of conservative media and the decline of Fox News could also be seen as a reflection of a broader trend in society, the erosion of trust in institutions. We've seen it happen with mainstream media outlets, with people increasingly turning to alternative sources for news and information. And now we're witnessing it with Fox News, once the bastion of conservative media. The loss of trust in institutions is a troubling trend, and it's not just limited to the media. We're seeing it in politics, academia, and other areas of society as well. This is a problem that transcends political boundaries and should be of concern to everyone, regardless of their ideological leanings. So, what can we do to address this issue? Well, it starts with each of us as individuals. We need to be more open-minded and willing to engage with people who hold different views. We need to actively seek out diverse sources of information and be critical of the media we consume. And we need to hold our institutions, whether they're media outlets or political parties, accountable for their actions and decisions. The decline of Fox News and the rise of alternative conservative media is just one example of the shifting media landscape, but it's an important one as it highlights the challenges and opportunities we face as a society in this age of information overload. It's up to us to make sense of these changes and strive for a more inclusive, diverse, and balanced media environment. And perhaps, in doing so, we can begin to rebuild the trust in our institutions 
institutions that has been lost along the way. Now let's take a step back and consider what this shift in the media landscape might mean for everyday people. As we've discussed, the decline of Fox News and the rise of alternative conservative media outlets like Newsmax have the potential to further polarize our society. But how does this affect people's daily lives and what can we learn from it? For one, this shift highlights the importance of media literacy. With so many sources of information available at our fingertips, it's more important than ever for people to develop the skills necessary to critically evaluate the news they consume. This means learning how to identify biases, verify facts, and distinguish between reliable sources and those that may be spreading misinformation or promoting a particular agenda. Beyond media literacy, this shift also underscores the need for open and respectful dialogue. As the media landscape becomes increasingly fragmented, it's all too easy for people to retreat into their own ideological echo chambers, only engaging with those who share their views. This can lead to a further erosion of trust and understanding between people on opposite sides of the political spectrum. To counteract this trend, we need to foster a culture of open dialogue and intellectual humility. This means being willing to listen to and engage with people who hold different views, even when it's uncomfortable or challenging. By doing so, we can begin to break down the barriers that divide us and work toward finding common ground on the issues that matter most. In addition to fostering open dialogue, it's also crucial for us to support and promote independent journalism. As large media organizations become increasingly polarized and driven by profit, independent journalists and outlets can provide a much-needed alternative perspective. By supporting these voices, we can help ensure a diverse and balanced media environment that serves the public interest. This shift in the media landscape is a reminder of the power that we, as consumers of news and information, have in shaping the future of media. By choosing to support outlets that promote honest, balanced reporting and engage in respectful dialogue, we can send a message to the industry about the kind of media environment we want to see. The decline of Fox News and the rise of alternative conservative media is just one piece of a much larger puzzle. The challenges we face as a society in navigating an increasingly complex and polarized media landscape are vast and multifaceted. But by taking steps to promote media literacy, foster open dialogue, and support independent journalism, we can begin to address these challenges and work toward a more inclusive, diverse, and balanced media environment. Click the video on screen to stay updated and fight the free people's movement. Click this video now to stay updated.